Hi, I'm Ari Sussman. I'm the executive chairman of Collective Mining. We are the Colombian leaders in exploration and development uh, hunting right now for gold, copper, and silver, and, and very recently, tungsten in the country. We are the team that successfully built and, and sold, discovered, built, and sold, which is now the largest gold mine in the country, and uh, we're aiming to do that again. Hi, Matthew. Uh, good to see you. Good to see you. We saw each other back in Denver, obviously. Um, has most changed in the world? Yeah. I mean, a lot has changed in the world. We, we see additional unfortunate wars in the world. Um, we see the situation for commodities you know, worsening in terms of the future supply. We see inability to fund projects worsening. We see a more bullish out outlook you know, as a result of these things. So I think it's. I think the future is getting brighter and brighter as every day passes. Yeah, I th well, certainly the, the opportunity ahead looks good, but r right now people are kind of struggling to know how to play it. Right. So you've got contrarians going, "There's never a better time," and you've got others going, "We're heading for a recession." So what do you do as a natural resource investor? So I'm in the recession camp. I, I, I think you know pretty much every indicator historically that has said there's going to be a recession is flashing red right now. Whether that's tomorrow or in three, four months, I, I don't know, but it's coming, um, in my view. So, you know, I, I'm a buyer of precious metals. You know, that, that is where I like to be in a recession, at least in the initial phase. And, and if and when that hits coming out of that, you know, you get into the base metal game. I mean, I personally think copper, you know, from a fundamental story, there is nothing better than copper when you look out two to five years. Yeah. No, I well, definitely agree with you on that one. Um, I've, I've, I've committed big on that front for sure um but let, let, let's talk let's talk about what um you know you do in a time like this you said to me last time around it's drill 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 we've we've got the money to be able to do that but even ceos you know look up occasionally and go boy looking like it's going to be tough out there you think there's going to be recession out there so how how do you manage your money do, have you changed your strategy any uh, we have not so look if if you if you have a view of a recession Along with that comes with the fact that rates aren't going to be going up much anymore, if at all, and are going to start to cut. Okay, You look at gold as an example during rate cut cycles. Okay, it, That's when it explodes. I mean, the last big rate cut cycle you know, was from 2000 and I think it was four you know, to 2000 and maybe nine. Uh, and you know, gold went up like 180% you know, roughly in that time. You know, even in 2020 with, with the with COVID, you know, we saw gold take off. So I think we're at that inflection point now. So I think you need to keep going and going hard, you know, if you have money. We have money, right? We exited the last quarter with about 20 million US in the bank. You know, we're burning about a million months. So we got 20 months, give or take, right? From September 30th, October 1st, let's call it. So I think you got to go because if you don't do anything, and then things start to improve. You're not going to be a leader. You're going to be a follower, right? And the whole point is to be one of the one of the leading companies that people want to flock to once sentiment changes and turns in favor. Right. So, so what are the what are the lessons from last time around for for, for you guys? You know, when you did Continental, um, there's some kind of key learnings there. Um, you know, for, for how to build wealth for people and you know give shareholders a return. But it's a slightly different market now. Yes, you've got 20 months, um, but at some point you're going to have to, you know, think, well, maybe the market's not coming back. So, so maybe we do need to kind of slow this down. Well, maybe strategically we need to kind of give people some sort of sense of the economics around this thing. And drill, drill, drill does must have an end date. 
So what was again, how do you how do you play that? Your question. So look look, I mean, the discovery at Apollo or flagship discovery is only made slightly more than one year ago. It's really new. Okay. It only has about thirty four thousand meters of drilling into it. To take it to a resource is going to take a lot of capital, a lot more capital, you know, and a lot of focus on infill drilling. I don't think that's the point right now, you know, that we're at. And I don't think for a couple of reasons. One, the market isn't interested in that right now. We see that with many other companies, but that isn't a reason not to do it. The reason not to do it is it's still growing. Okay. So until we at least kind of understand what the envelope, you know, of the Apollo system is, I don't see a reason to go to a resource. The other thing I will add to that is, you know, we think Apollo is one finger discovery of others all sitting within approximately a four and a half kilometer strike length. Okay. So if we go to a resource estimate, okay, then what a PEA, where's the infrastructure going? Because we might plop it on top of a target you know, that becomes a deposit. And so we need to hit all these things with the money we have, you know, see, see where the value is going to drive, see what the bigger picture is going to look like, and then go into resource estimation and, and, and economic related studies. Okay. But okay. And again, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of the questions that, you know, people looking into natural resources more broadly and, um, you know, maybe concerned concerned about or want to understand a little bit better, right? So we, we talked last time out about you sort of chasing, you know, poor systems. And Apollo's been quite good to you. You're whacking out these five hundred meter intervals with good grades, you know, you know plus around the two the two gram per ton uh mark. Um and you know some higher some some lower. In the market doesn't care, right? They just goes, okay, that's great. The, these guys are onto something big here, but I'm risk off I'm not going to get excited about this one. Going and chasing another Apollo, making another discovery, do you think that's going to be enough of a catalyst in a market like this? Or is it really about where do you sit in, say, 12 months' time and people can then sort of assemble the whole data package and realize what you've got? I think it's a combination of both. Okay? I mean, you look at, uh, there's a company called Hercules Silver. Yeah. You know, listed in Canada that's made a porphyry discovery with one hole, a new discovery, and the stock spin up like a rope. Right, gone from yeah, pennies from to, silver to copper, right? From so, silver to copper, so they discovered the porphyry system by accident. Yeah. Exactly. Um, our goal is to make, discover another Apollo. Now, I mean, we're aggressively drilling a target called Trap. So, I, you know, I believe based on that precedent alone, that people will flock, you know, to a new discovery. It, it, it always excites people's imaginations. I mean, that is that is mining. I mean, Robert Friedland announced a new discovery in the Congo. Um, I think it was last week, and his stock rallied. Okay, even a multi-billion-dollar company rallied. You know, on that. So, um, I think discoveries will drive the market. They always have. That is how you bring the speculator back into the pre-production end of the system or of the market. And and we're confident we're going to do that. You know, we're, we've had good success with other targets, but let's go with trap because we really like it. Right. Okay. And so, so some more, some more of the same, and more more of the same means more of the same grade. Really. Is, don't know. Is, is don't there know. anything around you in terms of the, the the data that's available to you, which suggests that there may be some, you know, higher grade veining or or higher grade, you know, larger intervals possible? So, so we drilled a, a discovery hole into trap in 2022. We drilled this lone hole, okay, that cut 103 meters at about one and a half grams per ton gold equivalent. It is gold, silver, copper intercept. Okay, it's it's a different host rock than Apollo. Apollo's hosted in a, in a breccia, a porphyry that's been brecciated. This is straight quartz diorite porphyry, okay? However, we cut a very long interval in it. The first 150 meters of that intercept is leaked because we were near surface. We paralleled the slope in hindsight stupidly in the drill hole. 
Um, but we have the same mineralogy as Apollo. So absolutely potential exists, you know, for that kind of grade. It's going to come down to how much porphyry mineralization has been dumped into the system from their fluid, from those fluids, and how much sheeted vein, late stage vein, high grade overprint is there. You know, we don't know anything about this area. We're drilling now with two rigs and two holes going. Uh, we announced we're drilling yesterday. We had started a couple of days early. We're already hitting mineralization of some sort, you know, in both those holes. And we're really going for it because this isn't cautious drilling. I mean, we're drilling, the discovery hole was drilled from far south to the north. The second hole, which is underway, is being drilled from the north to the south. And the third hole is going from east to the west. So we're going like, you know, 360 degrees on this thing to try and put a picture around it and see what it can be. But indications are it can be big. You know, it could come to surface. We'll have to prove that later. Um, but the outcrops indicate it probably comes to surface. And it has the potential for great. So let, let's see. But it's got big scale. Right. Okay. And, and just remind me in terms of um, doing business in you know, operating in, in Colombia as a whole, um, you obviously you're, you're banging through the meters. I mean, we're, 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 we, you, and you're putting these 500 meter crates. I mean, what sort of depths are you, do the mineral, does the mineralization start at? Where does it end? What's the kind of, you know, per meter cost or the, or the drill hole cost it? In all of this, well, okay, let's let's go backwards. So, per meter cost, it's very very competitive in Colombia. All in, including assays, about two hundred and fifty dollars US per meter, and that includes directional drilling. So that's an extra machine with cost that we are using at Apollo. Um, Apollo Apollo system, which is the best drill, starts right at surface, starts right at zero meter. Okay, we have drilled it the deepest intercept with assays to date is about nine hundred and fifteen meters vertically below surface. But we currently have a hole. We do not have assays for it, but we drilled a directional hole that that had actually two of them that have gone well over a thousand vertical meters, you know, with potential there in visual mineralization. Those assays will come, you know, in either late December, early, early January type timeframe because those holes just completed. So it's growing big. We've also Apollo is extending far north, in far much further north, at least visually, than than the current envelope suggests. I mean, hundreds of meters in, in one of these holes. So uh, lots of growth there. Uh, coming back to trap, I don't know. You know, I don't know where it starts. We have one hole into it. I hope it comes to surface. Indications are from the outcrops, it probably comes to surface. The topography at trap is not easy. It's not flat. We can't just drive a Reagan and, you know, put it where we want. So if we are successful in the drilling with the, these two rigs we're using now, uh, then we will warrant spending the money you know, to put an access road in and allow us to get where we where we believe the top of the system is and then start to test to see if it comes right to surface. But, you know, that one's going to probably be, you know, it's the same kind of mineralization. So it's probably going to have a kilometer vertical to it or more, as these portraits typically do. Um, pretty exciting. You know, Colombia is a great place to work. You know, it's been, you know, it's as, as a country, uh, people don't know it. So they shy away from it and say, oh, Colombia is worrisome. But you know, I, I think it's probably the best jurisdiction and one of them you could be in the world. For example, since the new government took over, which everyone was worried about because it's the first left-leaning presidency, there have now been five permits issued for mining. So that's since August of 2022. Uh, most recently uh, in, in October for South 32 for their nickel mine, big expansion on open pit mining. Um, the government is openly saying that, you know, transition is the driver. And really, the last point I think to make on Colombia, which is the most important point, would you want to invest in in the United States where I live or Colombia? And my reason to say that is as follows: it takes about twelve years to permit a mine 
uh, in the U.S. That's according to every study that's published. In Colombia, by law, at the national government, it takes 10 months. Okay, so you think about these, the, you know, the curve of the Lausanne curve in the construction permitting phase. You know, most, most projects in, in tough jurisdictions in terms of permit are going to go bankrupt in that trough because it's going to be so long. Right, Colombia, you can move quickly. That is really key, especially for a global transition. No, nothing. Like, it's, a, it's a point well made. Um, um, with regards to doing business in in Colombia, and you know, we're hearing it elsewhere too. Uh, the ability to 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 do business has been uh, helped and advanced, and it's great. And compared to places like the U.S., it, it, it's definitely easier. I don't think the Fraser Institute has got his work cut out as to what Tier One means anymore uh, in terms of jurisdiction. Um, so just on, I want to come back on the drilling things. I'm, I'm trying to get myself some data where I can actually work work, work out some numbers. So with regards to the two drills um, that, that are turning, um, you've told us the depth. So what, how much can they drill each day? I mean, required. So we have four rigs some, turning. Okay, we have four rigs. Four, all with, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So two are at Apollo. Two are at Trapped. Okay, to clarify. Right. So four in total. Okay, the rigs are all similar. They're they're met, they're the largest capacity man portable rigs that that money can buy, so to speak. And you know they can they average forty to fifty meters per day. Okay, you know our, our record drilling day. I think we did one hundred and eleven meters with a rig in one day. That was our that was our record. And obviously, we've had some poor days where there's technical malfunctions, etc. But yeah. forty meters a day is about what we see per rig. Well, pretty right, pretty okay. fast. It's, it's pretty good. And in terms of the the um, I guess the 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 knee drill targets that you're going to be sort of chasing around trap, um, have you decided on those yet? And in terms of the you know when you when you get off one hole and move to the other, is that is I mean I don't know what your step outs are, but um, what, what the time situation is, is and what's the process? Situation right. is fluid based on what you see visually in the holes right. that you're currently drilling. The biggest challenge with the Guayabalas project, where all these targets sit within, is it's fair has very limited outcrop. Okay, I mean maybe there's one to two percent outcrop, so it makes it difficult, right? And you know, and even soil sampling, right? You know, which is the best method we use. There's a lot of historic volcanic ash cover and landslide, etc., over millions of years, and so sometimes we're augering down, you know, twelve meters, right? You know, which is which is very deep by hand. To get a sample of the soil that's below this this ash or waste that's on top, which doesn't indicate anything, um, so it's hard. So drilling is really the the pick, you know, to tell you what to do next, and that's how we've operated Apollo. That's how we've operated other targets, and that's what we're doing at Trap. So let's see what we see, you know, as these holes progress. They're, they're going to be at least, you know, three hundred and fifty to four hundred meters in length at Trap. Let's see what happens by the end of them, and then we'll determine where to go next. But we are trying to, you know, we're going to be aggressive. So the step outs aren't scheduled like, hey, we're going to move 100 meters and move. It's it's really splaying in 360 degrees to see where limits of the system might be for starters and then start to focus inside and understand how, where it's going. Right, because it was interesting. It was talking about, you know, por- porphyries um, and, and, and how, how they appear and where they appear and, and their relation to each other. Um, I mean, have you, are, you just, are you just working off data that you, you've got yourself or have you been able to, you know, get your hands on other data elsewhere or take a look at, you know, um, others around you in terms of, because it comes back to that targeting thing, you know, it's about being as successful as you can with the next robot, being as efficient as you can with the next robot. And that targeting component is, I, I get the I get the fluidity required based on the data, you know, 
the data changes, you can change your mind, etc. But have you got a good sense of how many targets you've got at the moment? Um, or is it really a case of we'll we'll wait until near you know, what until the last drill bit data comes out? I mean, it's kind of doesn't feel efficient that way. So have, have you have you so, okay. on some so, so we have seven targets that we've generated on the project. Okay. Right. You know, okay. they always have a different name, right? Within trap, it's one large poultry target. Okay, you know, so what do we think is happening? So what I can tell you is this, from the whole with the results that we announced last year and the two that we're currently drilling, I've never seen a system this flooded with alteration. I mean, it's, you know, part of upper porphyry systems is you look for sericitic alteration. It's white. I mean, our core is literally bleached white. It's pretty wild to see. So we know we're in the top of a porphyry system. Okay, and then we look at once we get the results, we start to look at ratio analysis. This is how you target. Okay, so you look at your copper to zinc ratios. You look at your tungsten, your you know other minerals, the ratios of them to look for patterns. That's how you target. But when you're doing exploration and you don't have the benefit of having a lab on site that can turn around numbers for you, you know, in days when you're like us, you're you know you're four to six weeks per assay for turnaround. You, you study the core and you target based on that. Where's the alteration weakening? Where's the strengthening? Where do we, you count things like in porphyry, you count the density of veins that you observe in core. Obviously, the more dense, the closer you are to where the great potentially better. So that's where you target. So that's where we, that's how we go. We don't have an idea yet. This is real grassroots drilling that we're doing at, you know, I trap. There's never been any exploration by a prior company here. We're the first, first ever collect samples. Uh, but look, we're we're pretty good at this, I think, because look at the success rate we have. I mean, on the whole project, we've drilled so far six targets. You know, we've missed on one, we've hit on four, and we're waiting on assays uh, on on a target called ME, which we don't have yet, um, but you're due in the next few weeks. So um, we're good at finding these things, but you know, it's it's a lot of you make decisions on the fly. Really, there's no set plan because it doesn't work like that in this early stage exploration. Right. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. I hear what you're saying, and by that. Um, with regards to tungsten, I mean, you, you, you've, you, you've come across this, we weren't expecting to. I'm, I'm just kind of interested in, you know, in these early days, I'm trying to get a, how do you get a sense of the value of, of, of byproducts like a like the tungsten, like like the copper? Um, and and again, does that affect your targeting or drilling or, because um, you could have an eye to how the, how the, the what the met's going to be, or what the network's going to be like, you know, how the hell do I actually process this stuff? Do I want it or not want it? Actually, in in with what I've got. So, how are you viewing both those other those byproducts? So, good, good, good. Other good question. So, first of all, when you have a polymetallic system, the first thing a red flag should go off in your mind and say, "Oh, oh, how are we going to recover this?" Because many times, as we all know, that becomes horribly problematic. Okay, um, Apollo, we've done network. Okay, we're doing network, and we and we have more to do. Um, the results are outstanding so far. Okay, so. The focus has been on the gold. Gold is the most dominant metal uh, of the four um, in Apollo. So we put out results twice. We are looking at recovery rates well into the mid 90% range. Press release we put out got six weeks ago or so. The eight samples that we submitted for network on gold averaged at almost 94%. However, four of those eight samples in an actual plant will not be recovered by CIL because they were high in copper. So if you exclude those four samples, meaning that part of the system where there's copper will go to flotation, 
There'll be a separate circuit to go CIL. The recovery rate of the remaining four with the low copper was almost 97%. Okay. Um, we are advanced on flotation work. Okay. We've done rougher concentrate. We're not on the clean aircon work. Um, the work is showing us we don't have any problems. Uh, I, I think we're going to see copper and silver recoveries in flotation somewhere between 85, maybe if we're lucky, 90%. So pretty exciting. Tungsten, the last part, which you asked, I have no idea. Okay. We just made this discovery of the tungsten. Um, we've shipped samples off to the lab. Um, we'll have results in H1, probably Q1 of 2024. What I can say to you is to be conservative when we calculated gold equivalent with the, with the tungsten, we've only used a 50% recovery rate assumption for tungsten out of caution because we don't know yet. Um, the mineral that, that contains the tungsten that we have is called shelite. This is I, well, the most common tungsten mineral in the world, typical mines with shelite. In Australia, for example, are usually 80 to 85% recovery rates for tungsten. I don't know if that'll be the case for us, but let's be cautious until we know more. Okay. Okay. And I guess when you know more, we'll know, we'll know more as well. Exactly. Um, and just always looking at some of the, some of the headlines and, and news that you, you guys have been putting out there, um, I'm always intrigued as to how people kind of build up the company skill sets as they're evolving, as they're, as they're developing. You're still very much, obviously, clearly heavily focused on exploration. So, we, we, you know, um, but you've, I guess you're conscious of um, needing to manage the kind of the, the, the governmental and I guess the, the, the social uh, aspect of doing business in someone else's country. So you've um, saw the uh, Angela Maria Orozco Gomez uh, join the board. You know, because it's got to be for a good reason because you don't sort of want to take on costs for no reason. So what what are you expecting her to do for you? Why is, why why do you need it now? So look, you know, we, we even know, look, to be frank, Matthew, we want to sell this project ultimately. I mean, that is how I see this going. However, you never plan a business that way. You plan to build. Okay. We built last time and sold it when we started production. So this time we're hoping we don't do that, but we're prepared to do that. So we're building, we're putting together our toolbox, you know, of the various pieces that we need to move this project forward. So metallurgy, you know, we, we've hired, which I believe is the top metallurgical consultant in the world. So we're in the best hands, you know, that we can be. Uh, Angela joined our board to, to really assist with our power, you know, at navigating in the future, the permitting process, right? Between her and Maria Constanza, I feel we're very strong. Okay. And th this is, this is, was my success at Continental Gold. I mean, we, we had three Colombian directors, all of which were ex exceedingly instrumental in us permitting. Okay. And so that's how we're building it. As far as, you know, e we all talk ESG, but Colombia is a country with population, 50 million people. Where you're going to build a mine, there's people living there. Okay. We're based in a town at the base of our projects, about an hour drive named Supi. I mean, this isn't small. It's 30-ish thousand people. Okay. So we need to build support and that's what we've always done. And, you know, you know, Colombia is not for every explorer to come in because the the model of let's go kick rocks and then if we have something we'll start worrying about you know socializing the project. You have to come into Colombia and socialize the project first, even if it's grassroots, and then kick the rocks. And that's what we've done well. And you know, and and you know, we do things uh, in in we have we have various trains of that business you know moving forward simultaneously. One is strategic alliances. I mean, this is how we operate. So we're the first mining company in the history of Colombia to strategically align with the Coffee Growers Federation. 
you know, of, of the country. You know, everyone knows Colombian coffee, so it, it, it's not a it's not a hard jump to imagine how powerful that association is. And they never aligned with Lining. We're partners, okay? Um, we're partners with the most prestigious university in the area of the country in which we operate. You know, good. We train students; they get experience in the field with us. We we, we share things, but ultimately, I envision the university helping us permit. You know, maybe doing the water portion, the water study portion. Water is sensitive in Colombia. It has lots of water. It's the opposite of Chile, but it's just as sensitive because there's so much natural clean water that nobody wants it to be uh, dirty to ruin by anything. Um, so that's been our model. You know, dialogue is really the last key piece of what we do well. You know, we we create a theme uh, where we're operating, um, and, and we then we then build uh, alliances with other businesses, not mining. You know that that care about that same theme. And we create a dialogue platform in, in the in the local communities. This time we're actually doing a transition energy theme. You know, we see our project being part of that. Obviously, we have copper, you know, which is which is I think the most important transition metal. We have silver, which is critical for solar uh, paneling in particular. And tungsten is now is a critical mineral. I mean, it's on the critical mineral list of the EU, Canada, the United States, and Australia. Um, and so we, we're building this platform with with other operating groups, and this is what we're doing. And we, we've just launched this, and we had our, you know, we've had our first dialogue session. About a hundred people showed up, and it was a roaring success. That's how we do things. It, but it's interesting in terms of the way you position it versus the way you report it. You, you, know, you talk about gold equivalent uh, numbers, right? Because that's what people understand. But in terms of future, you know, you don't necessarily want to build this yourself. Is the transitional metal component that you think is going to be the most interest to potential buyers or, or you know meaningful investors? Absolutely. Look, Colombia right now almost produces zero copper. There's one tiny mine that produces a little bit. Okay, there are a lot of known copper showings in the country, but I, I believe that we have the chance to be the second project or third project in copper in the country. Um, and and you know it's we have all the ingredients where we are to be a fast project. We're in a mining camp. We've got RS Mining, our model line, 9 million ounces sitting next door to us. That's fully licensed and in construction now. I mean, it just started, you know, a month ago. So we're in this wonderful area that is pro mining and things can move really fast. And that is our intent to move very fast. You know, if we don't sell, we're going to have this thing built in a, in a much quicker timeline than the normal 12 years that, that a mine seems to take to build from discovery to first production. Good on, Ari. Speed, speed to market. I love it. Um, well, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for catching up and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, you've made some you. time for us today. I really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Good talking with you as always, and we'll speak soon. Take care.